Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one. You have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. And today I have a fabulous guest for you, internationally recognized service strategist and customer service guru. He's the founder and president of Service Quality Institute, a global leader in customer service. Service Quality Institute helps organizations keep customers, build market share, and improve the performance of the entire workforce so they develop a culture of developing superior customer service. He's developed a complete line of learning systems and services to help organizations create a customer service culture. His technology is used throughout the world and comes in 11 languages and many market variations. He's authored hundreds of articles on customer service and service strategy and is interviewed almost every week on television, radio, and on by newspapers around the world. USA Today and Time and Entrepreneur magazines refer to him as a customer service guru. Please welcome John Scholl. John, how are you today? James, I'm great and it's good to be with you. <laughs> Well, I'm really, really pleased we could sort this out because I know you've not been well recently. So, uh, so I hope you're uh, you're back in uh, and, and in full full form. I'm in full form. I had a really bad cold last week, and I could barely speak. Gee, well, it's not it's not the sort of thing you wanted. How's things in Minneapolis today? It's beautiful. We have uh, new snow on the ground. It's cold. Um, so in the summer, it's beautiful, more beautiful than the winter. And you were telling me earlier before we went on air that you um, you, you were crossing Manchester recently, which is a fairly wet and uh, and and, uh, and rainy kind of part of the UK. But take us back in time, John, because you, you've been in the customer service world for, for, well, almost longer than anybody else, haven't you? Longer than anybody in the world. <clears throat> what happened is in 1979, I saw organizations spending a lot of money advertising, trying to bring people to their place of business. Uh-huh. And then when the customer walked through the door, they would issue baseball bats to the employees and they'd hit the customer on the head as they could to make sure they didn't come back. And right. this is 1979 before most of your listeners were born. And I, I had a simple concept. I said, if you treated a customer like a king or a queen, like a royalty, they'd uh-huh. do a lot of business a lot of money. And I said, why is customer service so bad? And I decided it's because nobody had ever been trained on customer service. Right. In 1979, I wrote the world's first customer service training program. It was released in January of 1980 called Feelings. Mm -hmm. It's probably the most successful customer service program ever been used everywhere in the world. And I thought I'd be rich. Uh Uh-huh. And then people would say, you, you want to train employees? Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. 
and what is customer service? You know, so uh, what I found is there was a lack of excitement about customer service. Uh, I did a lot of business, and I see the same thing happening today, though. I, you know, there's a, a brokerage company called TD Ameritrade, and mm -hmm. uh, they must spend absolutely millions and millions of dollars every month on advertising. And God. about two years ago, they bought out Scott Trade for like $7 billion. And mm -hmm. so I was forced to go to TD Ameritrade, and their customer service was awful. I closed every single account with, you know, within a matter of, of two weeks. And I see wow. the ads on TV every day. And I keep thinking, do people know how bad it is? And, and so companies today still have unlimited money for marketing. What they mm -hmm. don't understand is that if you deliver this incredible customer experience, people use word of mouth. They tell all their friends, you don't have to spend as much money on advertising and you grow at a much faster rate. That's the principles of what I teach. Do you know when you say that you, you, we all talk about how you know how much more expensive it is to get a new customer than it is to hold on to one you've already got? Um, but it baffles me when when you talk about things from nineteen seventy nine and 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 things haven't changed. John, why haven't they changed? Why haven't people caught on? You know, I've never quite figured it out. I think it's because they don't understand the power of the service strategy. Uh, the most customer-driven company in the world is Amazon. Yeah. And uh, Amazon will release their financial numbers on the 30th of January. And my suspicion is they're going to grow sales by $70 billion in 2019. That's my estimate. Goodness. It could be off. It could be $60 billion, $65 billion. <laughs> In billions. We're not talking, we're talking dollars, okay? And we're talking a lot of money, but they have a better grasp of the customer experience. And you don't see very much advertising for Amazon. They use word of mouth. Well, they started in 1995 with two people. Yep. And they've grown like 100,000%. Uh, he has a better grasp of customer service. He's more relentless than any other company in the world. There are so many businesses who who live and breathe by service. So if we talk about people like hospitality and airlines, you would think that they would be, you know, th their life's blood is how they look after people. And some of the some of the hotel chains are obviously extremely good at it. What have Amazon done though? What have they pulled that's so different and made them so good? Number one, he's relentless. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found is that companies focus on customer service for sometimes two years, one year, 10 years, and then they're done. It, this has to be a culture. It has to be a lifetime commitment. Number two, uh, everybody at, uh, at Amazon is empowered to take care of a customer to the customer's satisfaction. Trying to get an employee to make an empowered decision takes usually two miracles whether it be in the UK, Europe, or the US. Uh -huh. I never had anybody at Amazon ever tell me no, ever. He's, Amazon is not interested in short-term profits. They're interested in keeping a customer. They understand mm -hmm. the value 
of great customer service. Uh, they're very good at service recovery. So if they screw up or there's a perception they screwed up, they're going to make you a whole really fast. Okay. They're not yeah. going to argue. They're not going to debate. They're not going to say, let me talk to my manager. Uh, it is, it is absolute magic what they do. Uh, they have speed, better speed than any company in the world. They think, they think speed. They have created speed. Uh, today, when you order from Amazon, you're thinking of getting your product either today or tomorrow, and you don't have to leave your home. You can just mm -hmm. go to your phone and your smartphone and, and buy right on the thing. You can go to your computer. You could be sitting at home naked at 1 o'clock at night, and you can place an order, and it'll be there the next day. If you went to your local bookstore in the UK or the US naked at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> and number two, the store wouldn't even be open, and number three, it wouldn't have what you wanted anyhow. Yeah. So Amazon uh, has a really good grasp of, of customer service as one of their strategic pillars. Famously, they bought Zappos a few years ago, and Zappos was one of those businesses where, you know, people talked about Tony Shea and what he was doing with that business. Have Amazon changed Zappos, or has Zappos changed for Amazon, or how's that changed? How's that worked? Amazon tends to buy companies that really are good at customer service, and so Zappos did not change Amazon. Amazon was very customer driven at the very beginning. Yeah, uh, uh, so I think they're just two complementary companies that that Amazon owns. You mentioned empowerment there, and it's something that uh, that is it's an interesting concept empowering employees because most businesses would say they want to, but then they come up with a hundred thousand reasons why they shouldn't. You know, we can't we can't trust or or whatever it might be. When businesses don't empower their employees, what would you say to them? You have to make a decision on the spot in favor of the customer. If the customer is over happy, you make a lot of money. Your single goal every day should be to have over happy customers. Over happy customers are loyal, they spend more money with you, and they bring their friends to your place of business. So it's not it's not an option, it's it's an absolute. There there are too many all customers are different. There are too many weird things that happen every day. What you want your employees to understand is, is that this is marketing money. Take care of a customer. Love the customer. Give the customer what they want. Uh, we're not talking million-dollar decisions here. Typical empowered decisions for 20 pounds. It's for peanuts, okay? But it's like cutting off a guy's right arm. When you ask him to spend $20 of the company money, he's afraid the company is going to go bankrupt. He's going to afraid the owner won't have any money for dinner tonight. This is marketing money. And what the employee does is the magic. Mm -hmm. if, if it has to go to the top, the whole building is burned down by the time it got to the top. And number two, typically the owner, the CEO is going to give away the store. So the, the key is whether you got 10 employees or 200 employees, every single person has to have a good grasp of customer service and they have to be empowered. You have to force them, force them to make empowered decisions on the spot in seconds. 
That's what Amazon does. How do you get those people? When 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 you're looking at your business and you're thinking, right, we need some more people into our business. How do we how do we hire people who have that ethic, who have that mindset? Well, the service leaders hire one out of a hundred. They're very careful. They're looking for attitudes, and they hire for attitudes. Most companies hire the first body that walks through, and if they got a pulse, they're hired. So. Mm-hmm. It's easier to train people that already love customers. The second thing is that you got to train and develop your staff. You got to spend money building and developing your people. You could go to any university or college for the rest of your life in the UK, the US, or Europe, and there's not one university that has any courses on customer service. It's a skill that you're supposed to know from birth. Well, that'd be like to be a good computer programmer you're supposed to learn it from birth give me a break all these skills can be taught it's not complicated now the other mistake james that people make is they say you know in the year 2000 i had 22 employees and i trained everybody on customer service mm-hmm. well it is now 2020 yep, yep. 20 years later 90 percent of all the employees you trained in the year 2000 are gone maybe 95 percent if you don't constantly keep developing your people with something new on customer service, every four months, every six months, you're going to not sustain the focus and the commitment you need to drive an incredible service culture. Amazon, obviously, a very big business with very deep pockets. You know, they have the ability to to choose carefully. They have the ability to train well. What about smaller businesses, though? What can they do? Oh, it's, it's not that expensive. Uh, and, you know, I'll put a plug in for Service Quality Institute. We have really inexpensive programs that you can use to change behaviors and attitudes that can be implemented on site that are very effective at developing the skills and the attitudes of superior customer service. And, and uh, attitude is key. You got three seconds with the customer. They can read your body language. They can hear your tone of voice. They can tell how much you care or don't care. And then the, the second part of that is the skill. It's a skill. It's it's not complicated. You know, wouldn't it be nice when you walk into a place of business on the phone in person, everybody smiled. Wouldn't it be nice if James, everybody called you by your name? You know, when you go to your local supermarket in the UK or the US, uh, when you go to your local dry cleaner, do they call you by name, your name? When you walk in to pick up your dry cleaning, do they say, James, it is so good to see you back here. Let me get your order. Or do they say, what's your name? And then after you give them your name, do they ever use your name again? This is all what I call superior customer service. What would happen if you went into a restaurant and as you walk in, the hostess says, Oh, my gosh, Mr. Nathan, it is so great to see you today. Welcome back. Would you like your usual table, Mr. Nathan? It doesn't happen. Nobody gives a damn. They don't use your name. They don't care about the customer. You're just a number, okay? There's nothing more important than a customer. If you love your customer, if you train your staff to deliver an incredible customer service, uh you, you can make a change. And you, you, you can spend $2,000 a year and train your whole staff with some of our programs. It's peanuts, peanuts. Mm-hmm. 
Why, so why don't they? Because, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I spend my life in the same kind of arena. Um, you know, I work with businesses and I, I talk about how, you know, the, the, looking for opportunities to delight people. What stops the people in those businesses doing that? I think the, the company says, you know what, if I train my people, they're going to leave. So yep. that number one problem. So I don't want to train my people because if I train them, they're going to leave. Number two, uh, I have only dumb people working for me. I don't pay them a lot of money. The less you pay people, the less respect you have for them. Mm-hmm. 99% of all customer contact is with the lowest paid person in the company. The least valued, least trained, least respected person. So why would I spend good money if I got, let's say I got 40 employees, training these people because they're going to leave. I don't pay them a lot of money anyhow. But we have no problem spending money on advertising. We have no problem spending money on the rent, the lights, the overhead. Uh, The most valuable thing you got are high-performing people. And if you have high-performing people, money flows through the sky and you become rich. I, I love the idea of watching money come flying through, but I, I couldn't. Uh, I really couldn't agree with you more. There's so many, um, so many things are changing in business at the moment. People blame Amazon for a lot of stuff. You mentioned them before, and um, you know they're, they're one of my my favourite businesses to chat around because I think they do so many things so incredibly well. What can the high street? What can the 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 you know the mum and pop? What can the shops? down the road do to compete with businesses like Amazon? How can they change their focus so they exist in 10, 20 years' time? Well, I I think they can uh, implement some of the principles that Amazon has. Number one, your business is customer service, whether you're a retail business, a hotel, a restaurant, uh, a bank, no matter what your business is, if everybody understood your single job every day is to take care of a customer, to treat a customer like a king or a queen, uh, revenue will soar. Number two, you got to get whether you got five employees or two employees or 20 employees, you got to teach everybody empowerment. You got to get them to make fast decisions to spend your money on the spot. It's the most complicated, most difficult thing in the world to do. And uh, you got to push people to make empowered decisions. You got to reward them. You got to use recognition. You got to make a big deal out of it. Uh, and, and it's, but without it, you're dead. You got to use the customer's name. If I had a small business in the UK on the high street, uh, I, when somebody walked in, I'd say, good morning. My name is John. What is yours, sir? Oh, it's James. James, have you ever been in here before, James? I'd start chatting with the guy, but I would use the person's name. How many times have you been on the high street in the last three months and somebody uses your name or remembers you they don't care <laughs> they don't even want you in the shop half the time it's uh, there's a place in our village i live in a little village in the middle of nowhere in oxfordshire and uh, you know there's a shop in our village and if i didn't have to go in there uh, i wouldn't the only reason i would go there is the only one open um you know the staff in there couldn't give a damn they really couldn't um, and it surprises me that the thing's still running. You know, it it doesn't have any reason to exist. It shouldn't exist, but it but it does. And I think only because it's out of absolute necessity, people will walk through the door there. 
what are the businesses that you're seeing changing? What are the businesses who, you know, have gone through this kind of cycle of looking at their service and their process and have really, really made it great? Who, who's who's improved out of sight in your mind? Well, uh, there's a company called uh, Chewy.com. Mm-hmm. About $14 billion. They're about seven years old. Uh right. And everything is built around the customer experience, taking care of your pet. People, my wife raises show dogs. She loves right. her dogs more than she loves her husband. <laughs> uh, she, I mean, she loves her dogs. And that's yep. true of most people that have a pet. Uh, but they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They didn't start with, with 4,000 people. They started with, you know, just a couple people. But they understand the service strategy. Uh Companies will grow very fast if they really excel at customer service. But you're dependent on, on number one, changing your policies and systems to make it easy for people to do business with you, Mm -hmm. to have hours that are convenient to the customer. Most companies have hours convenient and days that they're open convenient to the owner. You have to uh, make sure everybody is trained and on customer service, so they they know how to smile. I mean, it's not complicated what I'm talking about, that they can remember the customer's name, that they have speed. Uh, Again, you you can tell in two to three seconds whether they're excited that you're there or whether you're interrupting their their job. Uh, You have to teach speed. Uh, Today in the marketplace, and Amazon, I think, has forced more of this, people want speed. You know, at Metro Bank, you can open an account in London in, in 15 to 20 minutes. And most other banks, it could take you a week or two weeks. Yeah. Speed is really high value. And then you got to, uh, you got to really pack the service recovery because every day stupid stuff happens, bad stuff happens. Mm-hmm. In the United States, 80 to 90% of all employees lie and run for cover when there's a mistake. Okay? Right. I teach yeah. service recovery. Act quickly, take responsibility, be empowered, and compensate. What do you got that has high value, low cost, that you could give away for free when you screw up? And if you're too cheap, there's no spin. There's no word-of-mouth advertising. And and you want people, when you screw up, to say, oh, my God, this is fantastic. Okay, I can't believe how great this company is. Instead of saying, dang, I'm never going to go back. And uh, I would say in the United States, less than 1% of all companies can spell the two-word service recovery. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's the opportunity to make an absolute raving fan, isn't it? If you can put something right in a way which makes them, you know, there's, I, I tell a good example, actually, John, of going into the supermarket chain here, Waitrose. I went to buy some fish for, for, for dinner. And when I got it home, a piece of salmon, the label was out of date by a day. Um, and so quite cross, I took it back thinking, oh, goodness, I've got to drive all the way back to the supermarket. They could not overdo it. They bring me in, they give you a coffee, they go away, they get the thing that you bought, they give it back to you, and then they give you double your money back. And by the time that's all happened with the biggest smile on their face, you can't help but telling people how amazing they were and what a great thing they did. Um, but all they've really done is make you smile and make your day and, and give you time. 
you, you talk about you talked about ease of be, you know, doing business easily or ease ease of business there. Isn't aren't we just going back in time? Aren't we going back to the way things used to be? Well, that's that's true. Uh, you know, if, see, you know, if you went back fifty years, you had one small business, and they took care of their customers. And today, you got companies with a hundred locations or twenty locations, and a 35, 40% employee turnover rate. And so things have changed. It's faster moving. And so the, the level of customer service continues to get weaker. And the, the key word is, you know, you talked about raving fans, you know, the Ken Blanchard book. Uh, you got to wow the customer. You Okay service doesn't get you into the game. And the example with the supermarket, when they handled the problem with, with the fish, uh, you've told probably thousands of people about that story. Oh, yeah. And maybe the extra fish cost them, let's say, 10 pounds, okay? Well, for 10 pounds, you know, maybe thousands of people have heard of the story. Thousands <laughs> for 10 pounds. If you went to your local television station in the UK and said, I got 10 pounds, I need to attract more customers, what can you do for me? They're going to like okay? <laughs> So these skills are so simple, so powerful, but they absolutely work. You mentioned Metro Bank as well. Metro Bank are a, a favourite of mine at the moment. Um, not only do they have dog bowls on the way in for your dog to have a drink, which, uh, you know, I love dogs too, but um, I like the fact that you can actually talk to someone, that a manager, you have an actual account manager, a business manager, a guy who knows you and talks to you. Um, that kind of old-fashioned style of banking is something that people absolutely crave, but but no other banks are doing it. Why don't they follow that lead? Uh, if you focus on the service strategy, you will have anywhere between a 10 to a 20-year lead time over your competition. That means if Vernon Hill at Metro Bank sat down with all of his competitors and told them what they're going to do, why they're going to do it, why Metro Bank is going to grow uh, market share and rapidly grow its deposits and its accounts, everybody would say the guy's a crazy nut. Okay, mm -hmm. And it's ego and it's pride. Uh, it's too much work for some companies. You know, look at Metro Bank. They're open seven days a week. They're open Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. How many other mm -hmm. banks? In London, where the high street are open from 8 to 8, they're open on Saturdays from 8 o'clock until uh, 5. They're open on Sundays from from 11 o'clock until, uh, you know, like 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. And, and the rent from the safety deposit boxes covers most of their rent. Because mm -hmm. if you have, if apparently people in the UK like to put stuff in a safety deposit box. Right. They charge a lot of money, I think. They're cheaper over here. But uh, they're open at any hour you, you want to go in. Every, they understand customer service. So, in, by the way, it's an American bank founded in the UK. Mm -hmm. you know, the investors are primarily from, the, from America. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And they, uh, they're the number one. Amazon and Metro Bank are the are the number one, number two customer service companies in the UK. 
It's it's phenomenal, isn't it? That these businesses are right, but we're talking about very new businesses, really, in comparison with the with the old ones who who really should know better. How is it going to change as 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 the future draws quicker and quicker toward us? You know, obviously, the internet's been a very big change in in almost everything in the last twenty years. It's changed all the way that we operate in every different every different walk of life. How, what's the next step? What changes next? Well, I think you need to use uh, technology to improve the customer experience. So if I called uh, Delta Airlines right now, mm-hmm. they're going to answer the phone in about 20 seconds. They're going to say, John, uh, John they're going to use my name. I don't have to say, uh, can you look up my reservation? It's code number M5369. I just say, can you look at my uh, schedule for Vietnam next month? And they got it right in front of their finger trips. Uh We need to use technology to improve the customer experience. If I called Amazon on my cell phone right now, they're going to say, we need to verify that's you. Is it okay if we send you a text message? Mm -hmm. And you say yes, and then they send you a text message, and the text message says, is this you calling? And you say yes, and uh, and then a live person comes on, and they can do anything you want. Do you know, I've noticed something with them recently, actually, that because uh, that, that, what, that process you've just described um, seems to have even changed because I don't think you can phone them anymore. So if you want to talk to customer service, you, have, you press a button which says, call me. And your phone rings instantly. That's true. So they've even they've even made that better. But they they, they call you in one second. Yeah, yeah, immediately. So here's so that you got the phone, you got your you know, they can call you. They understand the customer experience. Most companies think the customer's the enemy. And they make life miserable. What we're talking about <laughs> is is how do you improve this customer experience? so that the customer loves doing business with you. Well, if they love doing business with you and they tell everybody else they know, you've got a fantastic business, haven't you? That's very true. John, what's your big what's your big tip? If I was to ask you for your one thing, your one big tip, your golden nugget, the one thing that people could do in their businesses today to make them better for today and better for the years to come, what would that be? I would say train your staff on customer service. Every single employee was something new and fresh at least, you know, once or twice a year. Become the service leader. Understand the power of customer service. If you have 10 employees or 40 employees, the strength is your employee. If that individual is awesome, you're in good shape. Fantastic, John. Thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting with you. I can't believe how fast time flies. Thank you very much, James. That's been my pleasure.
I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Only One Business Show and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts and in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.